Thank you for listening to the Moral Revolution podcast. For more content, visit moralrevolution.com. This month's Let's Talk About It podcast, we have a special guest all the way from Chicago, Dr. Margaret Nagib. Because we couldn't record it in our studio, we did it on Zoom, so you're more than welcome to hop over to our YouTube channel and be able to watch it, visual and audio. Or if you want to stick with us here, just bear with the audio quality from Zoom because you don't want to miss it. This month's podcast is all about what is your sex story, figuring out how to identify if you you should see a counselor or not, and then really starting to unpack what trauma is and how it affects our minds, our bodies, and the road to recovery from trauma from our sexual past and history. So don't miss it. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the Let's Talk About It podcast and YouTube for those that are listening on YouTube and getting to see our beautiful faces. Today on the podcast, we have such a special guest, Dr. Margaret Nagib. She is a clinical psychologist specializing in Christian counseling, inner healing, and personal and spiritual development. Her passion is partnering with Holy Spirit to restore wholeness through a deeper relationship with God, helping each person reclaim their identity, purpose, and passion. I got to personally know Dr. Margaret for counseling, which you're going to hear more about here in a few minutes, but everybody say hello. Here's Dr. Margaret. Hi, Margaret. (laughs) Hey, Kate. It's so good to be with you. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, this is so amazing. It's amazing that this is what the time and season we're currently living in has done is made Zoom more real, but you already use Zoom a lot for counseling, right? I do. Before this, 80% of my clients now, 100% of my clients. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So we're going to get into it today um, because I'm going to ask some questions that we get asked all of the time. Um, And it's basically about when and why do we need counseling when it comes to our sexual histories and our sexual stories. Um, so here's a little background for everybody listening to how I met Dr. Margaret, um, and maybe a little like open your step because a lot of times what happens, at least for me is people hear our story. And most of the time, because my husband and I share our story so vulnerably and openly and normally share too much information for people, they're like normally identify a lot with parts of the story though. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know somebody else has gone through this, or I didn't know this was possible. And they say, where did you get counseling or how did you get it? Because every time we try to talk to somebody, it feels like nobody knows what we're talking about. And so my situation with Margaret was actually sitting in my small group room or room, like living room of my friend's house, telling them like sexual struggles I was having inside of marriage and think, and I was just like, I can't do this. Like I need help. I need to revisit some of this stuff. And so my friend introduced me through Zoom to Dr. Margaret. Um, So I think one of the first questions I want to ask you from your perspective as a counselor who's constantly getting new patients that I'm sure sometimes they're like very hesitant or it's new and they're like, I don't know how to do this. Like like what, when, why, how, like where should they start? Why should they start? Um, Just giving some like even language maybe and freedom for people to understand like it's not because you're so messed up or it can be like simple things that you're just like, man, this one part of my sexual life with my spouse isn't working or I'm single and I have these different issues from my history with sex. Should I talk to a professional or like, am I just fine as I am? <laughs> well, I'm a little biased. I think everybody should go to counseling. Yes. <laughs> but, and that's just because counseling can be beneficial no matter what. Yeah. 
but you're so right especially if you've never done it before it can be really scary it can feel like does this mean i'm crazy there's something wrong with me you know it's not that bad um and and really counseling is great because it's an objective person it's someone outside of your world like your your small group is awesome and it was perfect that you were bringing it up there and then there kind of feels that there's that sense of like, I need more. I need someone objective. I need someone maybe with a professional with some more information for me about whatever topic I'm struggling with. But usually what I tell people is just give it a try. Like counselors are the most warm, empathetic, open, inviting. You can be yourself. I mean, that's the goal of counseling is a space where you can just be yourself and learn and grow and explore with someone who is going to make you number one and has some information for you that can really help. So it it doesn't hurt to give it a try, get referrals from other people. You know, that, that helps me if I'm, if I'm hiring a plumber, like I want to know that like you had that plumber and you thought he was good or she was good. So there's a lot more people in counseling than you think. Yes. And yeah, uh, yeah, just ask for some referrals from friends. Yes. And breaking off that negative stigma of like, um, like I'm the only one like so hearing that I remember the first time which this was years before I met you the first time I ever went to a counselor um the idea of asking somebody for a referral felt like so exposing like oh my gosh we're pastors and we're gonna ask for like a reference for counseling or I remember sharing it on a stage for the first time like telling people that we were in counseling like I finally, once I realized how life transforming and helpful it was, then I wanted to break the stigma everywhere. But I just knew like you're kind of walking on eggshells telling people like we're going to counseling. Like there's no crazy infidelity. There's no crazy addictions. It's just little things that most of us think are little, but the roots are deep. (laughs) And you know, the stigma is changing because I'm getting a lot and a lot more pastors actually who are coming to me saying, there's really no major problem. I want to be healthy and I don't, I want to prevent like I want to be healthy enough to avoid problems, which totally. I think is so amazing. Totally. Yeah. So obviously what we, like we could talk about a million different reasons and like paths of life that bring people to counseling, but being moral revolution, we like to focus on the sexuality part uh, because it's more rare to hear that part of the conversation. And so one of the questions I always ask people is like, what is your sex story? And normally people are like, what? what What are you talking about my story? But it's like, we all have one. We all have a story of when we were introduced to it as a child. Um, was it negative or positive? Um, any experiences we had as a young teenager, our marriage, if you're married, like there, we all have a story. And um, so I think knowing that regardless of where our sex story falls, I think sometimes, at least this is what kept me out of counseling for years, is I thought mine wasn't that bad. Like Mm -hmm. if I compared it to what I saw in the movies maybe, or if I compared it to a friend that had a story that I just thought was like so terrible, like I can't imagine if that happened to me, I kind of disqualified my sexual experiences and my story thinking it wasn't that bad. So that's what kept me probably from getting help and really seeking out um, healing. I didn't know I needed healing. I just thought, well, my, I had these experiences, like get over it. So I think I would love to hear you speak to that too for people are, what are some of the things that you, I mean, we can even kind of name some scenarios, experiences that it's just like, how can people identify looking back at their sex story from childhood, from teenage years to where they're at now? Cause maybe they're not even having major issues now, but it gets triggered, you know, from past things, um, is when, 
when, where, why do we go back and look and say, oh man, I would love to deal with the roots of that part of my sex story? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. A lot of times when people come, they're not coming specifically with that. Yeah. They're coming with anxiety. They're coming with depression. They're coming with exhaustion. And then as we explore, it's like, oh, okay, this is definitely affecting you know, your sex life, or maybe there has been some trauma, some experience or some belief from your past. So everyone's a little different. You know, some people come in really anxious about something. Maybe they're anxious about pornography or masturbation, or maybe they've had a sexual trauma. Um, It's very, very common that I have wives or husbands come in and say, we've been married for 15 years and we've never really had a good sex life, or I have no drive or I'm fearful, or I have thoughts that I don't want during sex. And so, yeah, we often start and just say, well, tell me a little bit about your experiences, the understanding you've had, what's, what's the first time you remember really thinking about it? What's the first time it it felt scary or, you know, really just trying to dive into what's your experience and how is that, is that negatively affecting you today? And then can we write a new, new story. So oftentimes with couples, for example, I'll say, okay, this has been your story of your sex life up until now, but guess what? We get to close that chapter and write a new story. You get to make your sex life what you want it to be. And so I'd love to help you heal. And this is for, this is for anyone. We're all sexual beings, right? (laughs) Whatever it's been up until this point, let's write the story with with you and with God. How do you want it to be? And if we have to heal stuff to get there, we're going to heal stuff to get there. And you're going to get knowledge, you're going to get information. And the cool thing, the reason why you pay a counselor, Kate, is because they know how to get you from A to Z. Yes. Right? You've tried your best. And that's usually come to a counselor where it's like, you've tried everything you know how to try, and you're still stuck. That's the best time to go see a counselor. That is so good. And and even thinking like, like we started at the beginning of like, your friend's are limited like they can love you and encourage you and know oh you need more help so maybe you have talked about it it's not something that's necessarily a shameful secret that you've never exposed which if you do have those then I recommend definitely going to counseling but maybe it's something you're willing to share but you're like man but you know nobody's like I I don't know how to get to the next point and even my trusted friends or parents or mentors or spouse like nobody knows how to help me it's like that's when you go to get the help have the conversation Um, Okay, so I want to dive into a little bit more about uh, specifically my situation and exposing something called trauma um, specified around sexuality, because I think it is, I'm sure for you, it's something you're talking about, you know, on the regular, but I think for the majority of us, we don't even know what that means, what that looks like, how to label it, how to recover from it, how to just any of it. So my first time going to a counselor years and years ago, my first moment she labeled me or labeled me, I mean, I guess, but more like diagnosed me. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) labeled is terrible. I meant diagnosed Um, with PTSD. And so that post-traumatic stress disorder, I was like, what? I had no clue uh, about trauma, about the, you know, everything that now I have way more knowledge of walking out. So I would love to just dive into um, maybe even just if you want to start maybe exposing or sharing what trauma could look like in a sexual history or in a relationship or anything like that. Sure. So, I mean, you can go online and look up the symptoms of PTSD, but to really kind of make it even more simple, simple than that, you need three things for there to be trauma. 
it's like an equation. So it's effects plus, or it's events plus the experience plus the effects. So the events, meaning something happened that you perceived you as traumatic, right? So, so whether it's a, a, a date rape or it could even be, unfortunately, like ongoing uh, relationship dynamics that are unhealthy, um, an event like a fire or someone dying, um, there has to be some kind of event. It's either a big T, like a car fire, or you were assaulted, or it's a little T, where you know it might not be some huge event, but it could be some kind of ongoing thing that's smaller. Then there needs to be effects. So you have to have some kind of negative consequence because of it. Anxiety, depression, irritability, inability to sleep, a sense of anxiousness, you know, all the time, flashbacks, nightmares. So two people can go through the same event, but maybe not have any negative effects, right? Or, or experiences of that effect, of that event. And then the last one is, is um, so experience and then effects. So some kind of ongoing problem um, with sleep, with arousal, with you know, all the different symptoms that go along with trauma. Yeah, that's so, so helpful. Um, for me, like my story, for those of you who haven't heard it, is we can use it as maybe an example to unpack a bit, but I think I never would have labeled mine as trauma because I just kind of said, well, it's not as bad as other people's or it was my own choice. Like I didn't, I wasn't date raped, but I was, you know, pressured and manipulated for 45 minutes feeling like I can't escape from this. Um, or just the social pressure of, well, all my friends are doing this, so I must be messed up if I don't want to, or this is how I keep a guy. So those were my like underlying things of thinking, well, it was my own choice. So that couldn't be something that's trauma or big T, but it's the only way my body experienced sexuality was in moments where I was freezing up and hated everything, but had to pretend to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe speaking to that a little bit for especially even females like girls listening that are like, oh man, because every time I share my story, I have so many girls who are like, I identify so much with your story. So maybe just even speaking to that, that a little bit. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that it was not a big deal because really you had two things going on that actually make it, made it more complicated for you. So you had the actual events of trauma. So trauma is too, mu too much, too fast out of my control. So the minute someone manipulated you to do something sexually that you didn't want to do, that was too much, too fast, and you felt like it was out of your control. Yeah. And then on top of that, it was someone that you knew. So there's the trauma of an event, like being pushed to do something you don't want to do. But then there's the trauma of attachment in a relationship where this is someone I know, this is supposed to be dating, it's supposed to be okay. You know, you're learning about relationship and you're having attachment trauma based on how someone who's supposed to care about you is treating you right wow. and then what did you do if you're forced to do something that you don't want to do your body's going to brace itself right it's going to do all the physiological things of i don't want to do this but i'm but it's happening and so i'm going to brace myself and then over time if if that isn't processed your body continues to do that so a woman who's married to her husband, who's amazing, who would never hurt her, but then in sex, her body is triggered by similar environments, a bedroom or whatever it is, and her body starts doing what it did before, which is bracing itself, 
getting anxious, clamping down or, you know, whatever it was given the situation, fight or flight or freeze. Yes. So it's now no longer about the event that happened to you with your boyfriend 10 years ago. Now it's about your body stuck in that experience from 10 years ago and unable to release and come back to relaxation and that the sense of I'm okay. Yeah. That's so huge for, uh, I think some of our listeners to hear, because I remember being in that and thinking like, why can't I get myself out of this? Like, I do trust him. I do love him. He's never been with anybody else. Like, like I had so many reasons to not have my body reacting like that, but didn't have the knowledge and information to understand why. So then it made him feel like something was wrong with him. He wasn't enough. Then I feel like I'm just like, I'm making him pay for my stuff and I don't even know why. So it was just years of this battle of not understanding why I couldn't overcome it. So even simple things of him coming up behind me while I'm washing the dishes and rubbing my shoulders, my body would go immediately into that because mentally I'm thinking he only wants one thing. Like my, my mind and body had been so trained to believe that I was just an object, that it's all lust. There's no love. It was like, I just had known lust for so long. I couldn't believe love was real. So I think it's so amazing for listeners to hear and understand that might be in similar situations of, wow, I just need to go and do some healing work to get out of this. I'm not, you know, I'm not used goods that I can't heal and recover and write a new story. Um, But I think for me too, I love sharing with people because it sounds when they hear that it's possible. um, Sometimes we don't talk about the hard work that it takes. (laughs) I remember years ago when I first went to counseling, I would like hope she would text me and cancel like every day. I was like, I hope she has to cancel. I don't want to do this. Well, okay. You're bringing up such a good point because one of the symptoms when you've had trauma is avoidance. Think about it. You've had this horrible thing happen to you, but now on top of that, now you have all this anxiety or a trigger. And so then you start avoiding, maybe you avoid, maybe you avoid dating, maybe you avoid in you know, your case, I'm thinking about a woman, maybe avoid dating, maybe you avoid men, maybe you avoid having sex with your husband, right? Maybe you dissociate or numb, those two kind of go together. I'm either going to numb myself in some way and be asexual, or I'm going to avoid. So that's part of the problem when people do, not problem, but part of the things when people come to counseling, why it can be years, and then they're just coming to me, it's because they've had that avoidance, which is one of the hugest symptoms with people with trauma is, is they want to avoid pain. Um, so that's what you were doing. You were just trying to avoid pain. Oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. I used to call myself a professional avoider. <laughs> go. But if you can help, if you can give people a little bit of knowledge that I'm not here to re-traumatize you because so much of what they experience, if they don't have the knowledge just re-traumatizes them. So when wives come and go, well, I just did it anyway even though it was painful because it's my wifely duty, they were re-traumatizing themselves every time because they didn't have the knowledge to, to address the trauma in a way that's not going to just re-traumatize them and make it wow. worse. Wow. Okay. So then let's, I want to visit this part of it then. So for me, I had been through years of recovery. I did EMDR training. Um, I don't know if that's what it's called, training, but EMDR Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I had been through years and I had such major victory to where 
my body didn't tense up. I was not in pain. Like I was able to relax, trust. Like I had so much breakthrough that then, um, years down the road, I I still wasn't enjoying anything. So that was a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, then even, so then years later I started enjoying, but there were still things that I was like feeling triggered by. So when you said, you know, a wife that might say, well, I just did it anyways, cause it's my duty. Like there were certain things in the bedroom that say my husband desired or wanted, or just different things to try out that I realized, oh, I'm avoiding all of those things. And it was really easy to draw a line back to, I'm avoiding the exact things that I used to like have experiences from as a teenager. So I'm like, oh, that's why I'm so comfortable in this because this is still new to me with him. So I can, that story is written with only him. But anything that linked to those past experiences, I was like, no way, like get away from me still. So it was so painful because I had arrived thinking like, I've done all the work. I've done all the painful things. I'm so messed up. Why do I have to do more? Like, it just felt like I'm starting back at zero. Like so many nights of just crying of like, I can't believe I have more work to do. But that's what brought me to reading you because I was realizing that these certain things that were triggering me that I didn't like was specifically drawn to that. So I think um, speaking to the idea of it's a process, like there's probably like for me and I love sharing with people listening that it's like, it's a journey that we live in a time where we want it fast. We want it microwaved. We want it to happen quickly, but the journey really is part the hard work. The journey is part of the beauty, part of the healing, part of the freedom. Like I know what we worked for and fought for is so worth it, but um, just sharing that it's so worth it to revisit that it's not like, oh, now I'm so messed up because I have to do more work or I have to revisit something. And else. that was that shame talking again. So I've never, ever seen trauma, no matter what kind of trauma. I mean, it could be even a car accident, that kind of trauma, not sexual. And shame gets attached to it. So when that came up, it wasn't even about you doing more work. It was the, it was shame coming up saying, I'm not good enough. I didn't do it good enough. There's more to be done. I'm so horrible. I have to do it again. You know, whatever. Yeah. So recognize that too. It's all about knowledge with trauma. You need that knowledge. And then it, it, it is a process, but when you have that knowledge and you have someone guiding you with that knowledge, it, it goes so much faster and so much smoother than when you don't have that knowledge and you're just kind of bumping up with the things and figuring it out as you go along. Wow. So in addition to working with trauma, meaning the event and the, so much the body, the body's response and helping the nervous system heal, I'm helping people understand when the sh- shame is coming up because the minute you have shame, it gets in the way of doing, getting to the goal that you're trying to get to, which is true with everything, right? If shame's involved, it actually sabotages you in the process. So helping people separate the shame, separate the event, and then separate my body. My body is just having, you know, responses. And so I'm helping my body calm down. Wow, that's so good. The link of shame to trauma and how shame sabotages. I'm like, yep, that's what it does. It tries to keep you stuck and keep yeah. you in that cycle. Wow. Wow. Okay, I want to wrap it up um, with this. Uh, I remember we've had conversations before, uh, part of Sex Church Culture, too. Dr. Margaret was a guest with us for that event. And I remember when we, you spoke there, you shared something about like the timeline with trauma, like within six months, like there's a differentiation of how do you deal with it. And mm-hmm. I think 
it helped me recognize, oh, so if something happens, even as a parent, like something that is an event that's traumatic for one of my kids, like, oh, let's deal with it quickly. So will you share a little bit more about that, like the timeline of when it happens? Yeah, so if some, say some big event happens, you know, actually having community, being able to cry it out, talk about it, feel everything that you're feeling, feel the fear. Um, you know, within the first six months, that's super helpful. And most people do fine. They have what they call a simple stress response. And then in a, you know, a couple of weeks and a couple of months, they can be fine with support. Um, but a lot of times, like for in your example, this had happened years ago. And so now the, the, the brain starts to install that. It starts to file it away with all of the feelings and the sensations. And so at that point, you may need a little more. You need something that's going to address the body, not just the event. Because now, really, it's not, it's not so much about the event. It's now about this body. If the body didn't keep reacting the way it was reacting, you'd be fine. Right. You need that body work in addition, meaning someone to, who's going to help stabilize your nervous system so that's not triggered all the time incredible incredible okay so i wanted to share this for the listeners because we are giving you a few minutes of a glimpse into trauma that you're probably like i need more that's how i am when i hear something i'm like learning about it for the first time I'm like i need to hear more i need to walk through this um dr margaret like i mentioned was a guest with us for our event sex church culture which um, even though you missed the live stream event, it's available on moralrevolution.com as an e-course if you want to go ahead and listen to that with Dr. Margaret. But the most exciting news that I'm excited to share with everybody is next month, July 2020, we have Dr. Margaret joining us for the More Gathering, which is our first online women's gathering with Dr. Margaret, who is going to talk about um, the same type of stuff. We're going to dive into trauma a little bit more and then be just very specific about women and girls and sexuality. We also have Lisa Bevere joining us, Carrie Lloyd, Tanasha LeRae, and Reva Henry, and it's going to be an amazing weekend. And so I wanted to share it here just so that you guys sit here, you get a little glimpse of Dr. Margaret now, but join us next month to get more. We'll have some Q&A time as well. So thank you to, for being with us today, Dr. Margaret. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so amazing to really, I feel like it's like the tip of the iceberg. Like we just opened up a little bit about trauma that mm-hmm. hopefully will start healthy conversations with you and your small groups or your spouses or your friends where you're like, oh man, I heard this thing today on a podcast. You need to listen to this. Or I watched this on YouTube today and dive in and get the healing, do the work. Um, Dr. Margaret, you have a book too, right? Souls Like Stars? Yeah, Souls Like Stars. We so, hear a bit about that book. Yeah, it's available on Amazon or at the Bethel store, and it takes you through the steps of emotional health, but it does it with the Holy Spirit. So it's continually guiding through that. And there's a lot of stories in there, actually, of people with trauma and the tools, um, more of the psychological inner healing tools to get you through that. Yes. So check out her book, Souls Like Stars on Amazon. Um, she's also, I don't know if she's available, but she does do online counseling. She's probably pretty full, but you can find her on Instagram or her website. Is your website Souls Like Stars? No, it's the dunamisproject.org. The Dunamis. Um, okay. We'll put that in the show notes for everyone. Okay. Yeah, there's a contact sheet there. You can contact me through that. Awesome. So we'll have that in the show notes for you, but thank you so much, Dr. Margaret, for your time. And thank you everybody for tuning in to the Let's Talk About It podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Moral Revolution podcast. For more content, visit moralrevolution.com and follow us on social media, pursuing God's design for sexuality.
Thank you for listening to the Moral Revolution podcast. For more content, visit moralrevolution.com and follow us on social media, pursuing God's design for sexuality.